Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, online at robertsrobinson.com. Wow, what a week ahead as the AFC and the NFC Championship games are set for Sunday. It'll be the 49ers at Philadelphia early, the Bengals at Kansas City late, and we got college basketball all in an uproar with Kansas getting drilled on Saturday, playing at Baylor on Monday night. We have stories all over the country about Joe Biden and the classified document scandal taking place and liberal writers at liberal outlets writing stories that Michelle Obama and Gavin Newsom need to run for president and that Biden shouldn't be allowed to run or the party should uh, make him stand down. It's going to be a crazy week. It is all here at KKHI. Stan Weber will join us in just a few minutes. We'll go over all the football first because it's on everybody's mind. I'm pretty sure, knowing Stan, that in his playing days at one point, he had a high ankle sprain or knows an awful lot about that. We will talk about what is ahead this week for Patrick Mahomes as he tries to recover from that injury and be as physically as good as he can possibly be on Sunday for the AFC Championship game. It has been nothing but a downer since the Cincinnati Bengals made a statement against the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. Every Chiefs fan I know, every Chiefs fan I have heard from, says the Bengals are coming to Arrowhead, they're whipping the Chiefs, and that is that. That's got me excited. I want the Chiefs in that role. I want them to hear everyone say they can't beat the Bengals this week. They've never beaten them. They won't beat them. Joe Burrow's better than Mahomes. The weapons, the receivers are all better. I want to hear that over and over and over. But there is no denying how great the Bengals were. That was one of the games I saw coming. I did okay this weekend predicting what was going to happen in these games, except for the Giants debacle against Philadelphia, and man, did the Eagles look great. Now, remember, for a complete breakdown of the Chiefs game, we did a podcast on Sunday. So if you're joining us here on Monday and hitting the first podcast up, the play button, if you go back one, you get my complete podcast from Sunday on the Chiefs-Jaguars game, what was setting up in the NFL, and what was a crazy day of college basketball on Saturday that now sees Kansas State alone in first place in the Big 12 after KU is just dismantled by TCU. It's all there. We also wrap up a little of the Missouri-Alabama game from Saturday. It was the weekend edition that I hosted on Sunday. So go back one podcast if you want to catch all of the post-game and thoughts about the Chiefs and Jaguars there. Go one podcast back. But Stan will be joining us to not only talk about that, but to look ahead with these matchups and what the Chiefs have injury-wise. Then after we uh, conclude our discussion with Stan, we'll talk a little college basketball as KU is playing Baylor on Monday night in a very difficult game. The Jayhawks an underdog now. This is a tough stretch of the schedule. Kansas, you know, every time they've ever been on the ropes, they respond. So we'll we'll talk a little bit about KU and Baylor coming up. And then all these stories that are out there now about Joe Biden and the classified docs and all the crazy things going on there and what may happen with the election down the road. The sharks are circling, no question about it, with the Democrats trying to get Joe Biden out. It is all brought to you by Window World. Window World once again wins the J.D. Power & Associates Award for customer service. I went to the game with John and Lee, our friends from Window World, on Saturday. They're just great. They're simply the best for less. You know their products are great. They're made in America, and the prices are low. They come with lifetime warranties and 0% interest. What else do you have to know? Oh, yeah, they win customer service awards as well. It's all online at windowskansascity.com or call John and his team at 816-799-0820 for a free estimate. As little as one window in your home or all the windows in your home, they can do it all. And it will save you on energy costs as well. Windowskansascity.com. Buck Roofing and Construction, Ron's my guy. I wouldn't trust anybody else on my roof. It's probably time for a free inspection for you. Just give them a call and they'll line up a time to come out and take a look at your roof. 913-384-2680. Most times they say, you look good. Call us back in three years. We'll take another look. You love to hear that. Or if you think you have a small leak, sometimes the repair can be done very inexpensively or sometimes even free. And they'll just say, remember us when it's time for a new roof. That's Buck Roofing, 913-384-2680. And my friends at the Blue Mont Hotel in Manhattan and Goolsby's Restaurant and Indoor Entertainment Center. It's all at the Blue Mont Hotel. If you're visiting Manhattan for business or for fun, maybe you have a, an event coming up this spring with a soccer tournament or a baseball tournament, something like that. Stay at the Bluemont Hotel. You're going to love it. There's lots for the kids to do. There's lots for you to do. It's also the place to host your business meetings, whether it's a conference room you need 
or if you're having some sort of a an event for an event space, a wedding reception, or a get-together, this is the place in Manhattan. Aggieville is being redeveloped completely, and the Bluemont Hotel got it all started right there on the corner. Beautiful spot. It's the Bluemont Hotel, online at bluemonthotel.com. All right, let's dive in with Stan. The Cowboys were a disaster on Sunday night. I'm sure he's going to have plenty to say on that. Nobody really is talking much about the Bengals, but holy smokes, how good did the Bengals and Eagles look this weekend? Both of them. Simply amazing. We got a lot to talk about with our man Stan. We'll start with the football feast and get into more right here at KKHI. Let's do it. The KKHI Conversation is brought to you by Fry Orthodontics, where your smile is just the start. Online at fryorthodontics.com. All right, Stan Weber's here to, well, tell you everything you need to know for championship weekend. It is on likely the four best teams in the National Football League, all ponied up and ready to go Sunday. Stan, that's the good news. we got some great matchups. The bad news is, my friend, you only have three football games left. How are you holding up? You mentioned appropriately, Kevin, the <laughs> quandary that I have. I love this time of year uh, and seeing elite step up and play. The NFL's been so fortunate that generally the regular season matters. Like, you need to be really good in a regular season to be really good in the playoffs. And we've seen that here with the number one seeds moving along on Saturday. Uh, the Eagles crushing the Giants, the Chiefs beating the Jaguars. You know, hey, the teams that are great in the regular season seem to be able to sh- show up and play in the playoffs but you're right I definitely I definitely thought about that like oh boy I'm looking forward to championship Sunday Chiefs for the fifth time we're talking about historical opportunities home games all the stuff the NFL planned out does not matter I'm happy about that Cincinnati's going to come to Kansas City we're not going to Atlanta things like that it all comes into order but you're right the minutes are counting down and I really felt like I was stolen from in this round I love this weekend with these four games but really it did not show up as well as the six games the week before. I got to say, for excitement level, the wild card games were better because Buffalo did not fight Cincinnati in the type of feature game we wanted to see. So uh, it was not as good a weekend, but you're right, counting down. And uh, I guess I'm, for one time, I'm actually thinking, Kevin, I'm glad there's two weeks between a championship game and a Super Bowl because at least I can have another week of saying there's one game left. Even though there's not a game in the middle, it still feels good to go, hey, I still got the Super Bowl left, but it is a time to kind of uh, come down from the high that was an awesome football season. I know the Bengals uh, technically were the three seed in the AFC, but this is a scratch tournament now. To me, it's one versus two, one versus two. I think if DeMar Hamlin hadn't gone down in that game at Cincinnati, there's little doubt the Bengals would have won that game as well and been the two seed. So I think we have one versus two and one versus two. It doesn't seem to matter to me at all that these games are played in Philadelphia or Kansas City. These four football teams are all so good. And and I believe, and I think you're probably going to echo this, I, I think clearly now we can say these are the four best teams in the NFL, that the exciting part, and maybe the bad part for Chiefs fans is, there's no Cinderella's. All right, these are the four best teams, and the best team is going to have a parade. I, I just don't think there's any question about that. We're going to find out who is the best team in the NFL this year. To me, that's sort of exciting. I know it's dawning for Chiefs fans. Most people don't think the Chiefs are going to win this week, Stan. Uh, every Chiefs fan I'm talking to is like, they're in trouble here, but this is a scratch tournament now. We're about to find out who the best team in the NFL is. The theme that we've had throughout the year in many cases was, wow, look at this AFC, 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 AFC. It's so much stronger than the NFC. And you thought if you win the AFC championship, you'd have to go through a, a gauntlet of playoff games after a tough regular season, but then you'd be the better team in a Super Bowl. And that's the thing I think you're pointing out right here is that's not the way it is. This is back to where both conferences, and it hasn't happened that much in the Super Bowl era. We're ready for the 57th year of the Super Bowl era, Kevin. And rarely do you have the AFC and NFC presenting teams that are equal, uh, that you go, either one of these teams can win this Super Bowl. And that's when it's an elite for the fans. But for the Chiefs and the AFC teams, you're going, wait a second. I thought we had to go through this this outrageously good AFC. What do you mean the NFC is good? Well, they are. Uh, The Eagles are legitimately a Super Bowl team. You said the best team is going to be having a parade. And right now you have a – a big problem jumping on and saying, oh, it's obviously the winner of Kansas City, Cincinnati. That might have been the thought process early in the year. But whoever wins that AFC championship game, and it'll be a, a feature game, we knew that, will be the best team in the NFL. But it isn't over. You're going to have to go prove it again. Whoever wins this Sunday 
in each conference, especially if you're talking about the AFC, you're going to have to go prove it again because look at the Chiefs' five straight conference championships. How can you not talk about an elite team? Well, the Bengals are coming off a Super Bowl appearance, so they look like they're probably pretty strong right now. Quietly, the Niners have made it to the championship game three out of the last four years. So you look at a football team that I think has been elite. The Chiefs are very fortunate to win that game in 19 against a legitimate Super Bowl-winning 49er team. I told you last year, at the end of the year, I thought the 49ers could go on if they could make it all the way through and win a Super Bowl. They barely missed out, and this year they're putting it together. Even with Brock Purdy at quarterback, they're playing at a high level. And then the Eagles, hey, oh, by the way, they won the Super Bowl in 2017. This organization is not a bunch of losers. It's not the Detroit Lions. Here come the Eagles. Jalen Hurts is big time. So you're right, Kevin. I think we're going to find out a true champion. We're going to find out who can win two games against elite competition. And therefore, it's going to be a great race. If you're just an NFL fan, you're going, wow. But, Kevin, I want to point one thing out. Big 12 fan, aha, three of the four starting quarterbacks, Kevin, in this round are Big 12 quarterbacks. You want to talk about the SEC all the time and about that. Quarterback's the most important position, and three of the four are from the Big 12. You, you wouldn't have thought that would have happened. So no. uh, congratulations to these guys. And I will say, uh, give Kevin Keatsman a little bit of love because you called Cincinnati easily over Buffalo after that Monday night game. Even before that Monday night game that got called, you go, hey, mismatch here. Bengals are playing. Uh, and you and I talked before the playoffs started, Kevin, that I said there were five teams I thought, would be available to win a Super Bowl. No one else is going to have a chance to win it. That's a lot. It's like patting yourself on the back. Five teams, right? But still, four of those five are left. Buffalo was the only other one. So we've got the elite of the elite playing well. The Eagles bounce back. Forget all this rust, Jalen Hurts being injured, or them not being ready for the big moment. The Eagles are the Eagles we saw all regular season. They're ready to roll. The Niners are ready to roll, and here we go. Cincinnati and yeah. Kansas City as well. Uh, I, I tell Chiefs fans, you know, don't don't give away this game yet. I think the Chiefs are the better team. That's the good news. I think the Chiefs are better than the Bengals, and they got a real chance and, and are the favorite to win this game in my mind. So I'm uh, looking right. forward to that. Even though we've been calling out the Bengals, right. uh, what, a year and a half now, Kevin? Everyone's jumping on board with us talking about the Bengals. You and I were talking about this mid-year last year about what kind of uh, team they have, what kind of quarterback Joe Burrow is. All right, before we get to Mahomes' ankle and then the actual matchups of these two games, I just I think this is fascinating. These four teams, I don't ever remember such clarity where we're like, okay, any of these four could win. There is no Cinderella. There's no underdog here. Any of the four that goes on, I mean, if the Niners pulled it off, people would talk about Brock Purdy being some sort of a Cinderella, but that team is just so dang good at so many different things that it doesn't look like that. And I, and I do think they have the worst chance of winning the Super Bowl. Of the four, I think the Niners have the worst shot at this, but we'll get to the matchups and Mahomes' ankle in a moment. Let's talk about a couple of the teams that failed in, in storylines here. I'm going to give you a hot take now. Okay, I'm, I'm, we're going to start here. I'll get to Dallas in a second. I'm going to give you a hot take. Josh Allen is Phillip Rivers. It ain't going to happen. Buffalo is not going to the Super Bowl. Buffalo's not winning a Super Bowl. And Josh Allen isn't that guy. He's Phillip Rivers. Well, about uh, when, when did the Buffalo Bill run start? It was three or four years ago. Right. And I was so negative about the Bills. Um, I, there was a game where Kansas City was going to play Buffalo, and I said they'll beat him easily. I never thought Buffalo was in the same league as the Chiefs. I totally disrespected them. But they've developed far enough into this season, Kevin, and at the end of last year to give them respect to say, okay, it's time for you guys to step up and we'll see. But if you go back and listen to last week's podcast, and I don't know if people go back. I don't know if you see podcast numbers, Kevin. Do people go back a week ago? But I said Buffalo's soft as a pillow. I mean, that's what they are. And as the game was unfolding, I go, this is a, this is a bunch of killers, the Cincinnati Bengals, against a lovable puppy, you know, a, a big pillow the Buffalo Bills. They they have a lot of nice stories. I love Josh Allen as a a fighter and a human being and and their coach. And I I can't get mad at Bills Mafia. I mean, it's a likable story, but they are not dangerous to the elite teams. You know, when Bill Belichick looks around and has a legitimate team, he's not going to worry about Buffalo. Uh, When Mike Tomlin and Pittsburgh Steelers have a legitimate team, they're not going to worry about Buffalo. And the Chiefs shouldn't worry about Buffalo. And I know one team that doesn't even think about Buffalo being a problem. That's Cincinnati. Okay. Those guys are cold-blooded killers. 
and they are the team you better worry about. And that's why, you know, you asked me the question last week, who would we rather play this week? Would the Chiefs rather play the Bills in Atlanta? That's what I voted for because the Bengals are a whole different monster. Yeah, you nailed it. Uh, Buffalo is a lovable story. They're, they're a nice little team, but they don't hit you hard on defense, Kevin. Okay, but isn't Josh Allen problem. part of the problem too? I mean, that guy was a no-show yesterday. I was really well, disappointed. They have no running game. They have no running game. Uh, you know, Josh, is, Josh is not the second-best quarterback in the NFL, okay? Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes are the dudes, okay? Uh, that's the thing that's proven. Josh Allen is, you know, welcome to Dak Prescott area. You know, nice little quarterback, going to try hard, likable guy. Phillip Rivers. He's your quarterback. Yeah, Phillip Rivers didn't do as much in the playoffs. Yeah, maybe. I'll give you Phillip Rivers if you want because I like Phillip Rivers. Again, likable guy. Uh, you know, tried really hard, but Buffalo just is not <laughs> Buffalo's not even in the same league as Cincinnati as far as toughness and that focus and, and jumping on opportunities. And, you know, I said that last week about them. And they, they ran, they were at their hottest point when they played the Chiefs earlier this year. They were doing it all. But that just shows you how hard it is, Kevin, when you're on top to stay on top. Because Buffalo was on top. When they came to Kansas City, that was a legitimate performance. They really did a nice job. But Von Miller got hurt. Are you a program that just breaks down when one guy gets hurt? Can't be. Can't be. It just can't be. So, yeah, Buffalo will be a team that is going to have a – they'll be in the mix. They'll be in the mix, you know, for the next five years. But they are not the team to worry about when you're trying to play yeah. elite against elite. Wait, wait till you Jalen see, Hurts. Wait till you see how hard it gets for them when they got to pay that quarterback all that money. And they're going to pay him a pile. And when they do, it's going to get really hard with the rest of that roster. Exactly. They, they had their opportunity. It was 2022. Everything was set up for them to be the best in the NFL in 2022. And during the last half of the year, they leaked oil all over the place. And I just think the, the lack of toughness came out. Hey, Josh Allen's still a great story. He was out of Wyoming. Okay. For sure. He wasn't. He, Brock Hardy started for Iowa State. For sure. But not it's, Wyoming. It, it's just, it's got to be a reality check now for the Bills. This is materializing that this is not going to happen. So no matter what happens with the Chiefs, if the Bengals, we'll get to this in a moment, the Bengals may be taking over the Chiefs as the team in the AFC. That, I can see that happening where the Chiefs are the second best team in the AFC. I can see it. Um, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. We'll find out Sunday. This is a really big and important game that we're going to get to. But I think reality just set in with the Bills that this isn't happening for them. The only way it's going to happen for them now is a season where maybe Mahomes and Burrow both go out to injury and you know open the thing wide open for them. I, I just I think the Bills' future is not very bright. I just don't. I don't think it's. I think I think if you're looking around the AFC right now and you, you thought this was a given that you finally had your guy, the Bills are going to do it at some point. They're going to win the Super Bowl. I give them almost zero chance to win a Super Bowl anytime soon. Yeah, I thought they're I thought they're just not ready for prime time on the way up. They peaked out in that game last year against the Chiefs. They were right there, obviously. And then they came back this year having bounced back like teams should bounce back, and then it all went away. And you can't tell me it's just Vaughn Miller because he wasn't even a Buffalo Bill right. when this whole thing started. That's right. He was a rented player. So I, I don't go there. Yeah, it's I would feel sorry for the Buffalo fans except for they played in a giant home playoff game against the Cincinnati Bengals and wore their grade school or high school uniforms. Those blue pants, they deserve to lose. Get out of here. You don't wear high school uniforms in big games. Okay, put on your NFL white pants, and I'll give you a chance. But when they were all blue, I go, get the hell out of here. And that's a joke. <laughs> I love it. All right, let's get to your Cowboys here. I was three out of four this weekend. I, I didn't see the Giants getting you know, just trampled like they did. I didn't see that coming. I thought that would be a game. But the other three I was fairly spot on with, and so were you, where we thought these games were going. And the hard part about buying into Dallas beating San Francisco was Dak was going to have to play a clean game, and he did not. He just had a couple of terrible turnovers in this game. The Cowboys had every opportunity in the world, and there was a, a, a clock, obviously a clock mismanagement at the end as well. It was the typical things that lead to Cowboys' losses that led to this loss, wasn't it? Yeah, it's the little things. Um, they just don't do the little things. Like right at the end, that punt, they should have saved 20 more seconds on it, and it would have made a big difference to give themselves a legitimate drive opportunity on the last possession of the game. Then they're, you know, a really reliable player like Dalton Schultz doesn't put his foot down, and they miss out on that important 15 yards right there. I mean, that's just the Cowboys' way. You know, don't take care of every little detail, like making sure your foot is in. Uh, you know, that's Dallas. If you want to be the most critical of Dak Prescott and, and the, you know, the most critical statement you could say 
is Brock Purdy outplayed Dak Prescott. Brock Purdy outplayed him. On the field, no turnovers, threw for more yards, threw for big plays when he was needing to. Brock Purdy outplayed Dak Prescott. If that's in your sentence and that's how you ended the year, you just want to go throw up if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan or Dak Prescott. Now, on the other side, the Cowboys generally played a game where they had a chance, Kevin, more than normal. It wasn't like last year where they had 14 penalties against the Niners and, and just did stupid thing after stupid thing. They actually played good defense. Debo Samuel's a bad, bad boy, and they held him down completely. Christian McCaffrey, they held him down. That is so hard to do. Kittle, catch, just unbelievable, but unbelievably lucky that you know they weren't even throwing the ball to him. The play was not designed for him as the first or even second option. They kind of get a play. They, they, they let it happen. It goes. But if you want to talk about it from a more positive point of view, Kevin, for the Cowboys, for just a second, if you want to open your mind, you got to say it just wasn't meant to be. Here's the sequence. Right before the half, the game's tied 6-6. Six to six. Clock's running, minute and a half left. Cowboys have the ball in 49er territory. And, oh, by the way, they're getting the ball to start the third quarter. All these things are cr- increasing the odds of the Cowboys winning the game from probably uh, 35% to now 51%. 52%. As each first down is made, as the clock continues to run, you're going to, Cowboys are going to end this half, probably with the lead, maybe with a touchdown lead, get the ball again, and they've outplayed. They've outplayed the San Francisco 49ers legitimately in the first half. But then how can you have this bad luck? You get a pass play to Pollard, he breaks his ankle and he's gone. Your biggest weapon, the one that hurts even the Niners defense, gone for the game. Why? He just gets tackled. Patrick Mahomes gets tackled. He comes back. Pollard, gone. So now you're second and two at the 18-yard line. You have to use a timeout. Oh, by the way, that matters. You want the clock to continue to run. And on the next play, Dak Prescott throws an interception. But he just doesn't throw an interception, Kevin. It bounces off one guy and goes to another. All the time, balls bounce off people, right? Look at the Chiefs' drive uh, when Chad Henney was in. How about if the Jaguars would have intercepted that pass, Kevin? No one's talking about that. The ball bounced up in the air, and what did the Jags do? They didn't intercept it. Well, the 49ers did. So instead of the Cowboys going up and then clock running out, they actually get a field goal and go up 9-6. to six. The Cowboys bounce back and tie it up, and here's the other bad luck thing. Diggs, number seven for the Cowboys, doesn't want to guard many people, doesn't want to tackle anybody. He, he plays like it's a pro bowl. Go back and watch the tape. When the guys come toward him, he runs from the tackle. But if you knock the ball up in the air, that dude intercepts everything, right, Kevin? That's what he does. And the ball, Brock Purdy, game tied, tipped ball, goes right to Diggs, right in his chest. The ball he catches 90% of the time. Yeah. If he catches that ball, Cowboys win the game, Kevin. I think that's Even right. after yeah. all the crap, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not a touchdown. That's when they scored their touchdown. Yeah. The, the 49ers don't score a touchdown. Brock Purdy gets in his mind, oh, crap, Diggs picks the ball, and he's like a wide receiver. He starts returning it, and the Cowboys are now into the fourth quarter, tied 9-9 with some momentum. I think the Cowboys go win. So in a sense, sense, it just wasn't meant to be. There were those instances where you you lose your best player and you throw it. Cowboys could have ran on second and two from the 18, but no, they threw it, tip ball, San Francisco gets it, field goal. So, hey, the Niners are better than the Cowboys. They deserve to win. If Brock Purdy outplays you, you deserve to lose, uh, Dak Prescott. But still, Kevin, it just wasn't meant to be. The Cowboys actually had a real chance to win that game. All right. Okay, let's move on to the Chiefs here in the Bengals matchup this week. I love this. It's a contrast of quarterbacks. Joe Burrow saying after the Bills game on the field, uh, talking to Bills fans, you better send in for your refunds. I just, I mean, this guy will say anything. It's just classic trolling of Bills Mafia after they win their game. Mahomes was was pretty calm after the Chiefs game. He's got that ankle to deal with, and he's going to get the best treatment on the planet over the course of eight days. Walk me through the high ankle sprain, Stan. You know more about this stuff than anybody. You've been around the game so long, I'm going to guess that you've had one in your life, and I know you've been around probably hundreds of players over the years that have had these and how they've had to deal with them. And depending on the position, like an offensive lineman maybe has a harder time dealing with this than a quarterback because they can always what have Mahomes just become more of a pocket passer. Walk me through the difference by position and what it is that Mahomes is dealing with this week. Well, being a quarterback or offensive lineman is the only two positions that you'd have a chance to play. 
Uh, if he were a tight end or wide receiver, running back, DB, linebacker, defensive lineman, you wouldn't be able to play. Because even though Patrick feels probably better than they thought he would, that's what the reports are, and he came back and played, all those things, it's, it would be too hard to overcome and function at the high level you have to at the playoffs. You remember they say regular season is faster than preseason, and the playoffs are faster than regular season. And some might say the Super Bowl and the championship games even faster than that. Uh, he, he plays a position that he can function. I think he'll function just fine. But here's the big thing. We started developing this discussion, and it's so critical. We started developing this discussion, Kevin, about five games in, seven games into last season when the Chiefs had a losing record and were struggling. We said Patrick Mahomes and his cover two stuff is hurting, uh, is hurting the Chiefs, and he's, he's not able to function. And we said, hey, all he needs to do is start developing his throwing from the pocket capabilities, and he did that. He did it throughout last year. He improved in season. Then we ended the season, Kevin, and didn't do a podcast for a while, but we left everyone saying, this offseason, he will be so focused in the laboratory, becoming a pocket passer to a higher level. Then Tyreek Hill left, and the pressure was even put on more, and he had to do it. What do most people think about the Chiefs this year compared to last year? Offensive numbers look just as good. Production there, AFC champion, number one seed. Offense is still great, and you don't have Tyreek Hill. Why did that happen? Because Patrick Mahomes is capable, Kevin, of throwing from the pocket more than he ever has been in his career. He is accurate. He's reading and finding many multiple receivers and getting rid of the football. That's been good for the Chiefs team to find ways to win. But now that his ankles hurt, it is so important. Now, sure, he scrambles and hurts people, and he even scrambled and got a run after he got hurt. Okay, he still went forward. I think he'll be able to maneuver around. I don't think the ankle will be a big factor at all. I think the way it works with the human psychology is it'll help the team take the pressure off of the situation the Chiefs are in. If you want to create the hardest situation mentally and psychologically for the Chiefs is, Kevin, five years AFC championship game. Five years in Kansas City for the AFC championship game. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Andy Reid. You're not going to have this window forever. I know. Kevin, and, the and Chiefs have been the best team. They have to win. They the have to win. They if, if have they, to win if they the don't, Super Bowl. If they don't win this game, they're two and three in those five games, and we'll have five years at home with only one Super Bowl trophy. I mean, that's that really – I hate to put that on the Chiefs this week, but this is making – if Andy Reid doesn't win this game, he's going to start looking like one of the worst postseason coaches ever. I mean, he really, truly is. You've got to take these home games, and you've got to win them. And I know it stinks that Mahomes is injured. The Bengals' defense was fantastic against the Bills on Sunday. Can you tell me exactly what we're going up against here and how much of this is mental? Because the Bengals are 3-0 and against Kansas City. Joe Burrow just thinks he's going to beat everybody. You've described him as a killer, and I think he is. There, There is no question coming into this game. The Bengals are convinced they're going to win. The Chiefs think they're going to win, and I think there's a big difference. How hard is it? I mean, you just said earlier you think the Chiefs are the favorite here and should be the favorite. I don't know one other person saying that. Like, every Chiefs fan I've spoken with since yesterday is like, well, that was a fun season. We can't beat the Bengals. Like, most Chiefs fans think there is no chance the Chiefs are winning. Why are they feeling that? <laughs> hey, you know something that we have a, going on at the Kevin Keatsman Has Issues podcast or KK Has Issues? Stan Weber comes on and lucky enough to talk to you, Kevin, about football. But it seems like almost all the time I'm in the situation of pumping the brakes on the situation that I've been talking about positively about forever. <laughs> like Will Howard is the K-State quarterback. No one believes in Will Howard more than me. And then I'm on your podcast going, let's pump the brakes a little bit about what you know we, the situation is. No one's been on Cincinnati and Joe Burrow for longer and more convincingly than me, right? Nobody. I I have been talking about the Bengals this way for a long, long time, and now you have me pumping the brakes going, don't just give the Bengals this game. Don't do it. Now back to the ankle. To finish off that, the Chiefs have to win the Super Bowl. They have a chance to be like the Pittsburgh Steelers were, the San Francisco 49ers, the Dallas Cowboys. This is our time. Historical, dominant football. Kansas City Chiefs, if they win the Super Bowl. But if you don't, Kevin, you've missed out, and it's a disaster to have Andy Reid coaching and Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback. So that pressure should be strangling the Chiefs going into this game, playing a Cincinnati team that's playing on the road with nothing to lose, just let's go. That's not the situation. With his ankle, 
everything's going to be subdued. Everyone's going to go, hey, Patrick's not moving too well. Treatment, 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 treatment. You think he can get involved in the hype of playing Cincinnati or, oh, my gosh, you have to win this game? No, they're distracted, and it's a great distraction. His ankle was perfect. Cincinnati's confidence in the tape, what they did against Buffalo, is perfect. Everyone's talking about the Bengals. You're talking about the wrong team. The Chiefs are at home. The Chiefs are the best team in football. The Chiefs have Andy Reid and all these things going for it, and now they get to play the role of an underdog with a poor quarterback that can't move. Well, guess what? When he gets out there, he's going to be fine. He's going to deliver. The Chiefs are going to be fine. The ankle is going to force him to play in a way that actually is going to be better. He's not going to be in shock like he did against the Bengals last year. Patrick Mahomes is going to be his best because this distraction works perfectly for a player. When you're really not hurt and it's just about a little pain and the adrenaline will take that, but everyone knows, uh, every offensive lineman knows they got to be keen, man. Every offensive lineman thinks, i got to win this game. When's that ever happened for a Chiefs offensive lineman? They know Patrick has it. He'll scramble, he'll move. This week, oh, watch that line. Did you see the Bengals line block last week against Buffalo yesterday? They were supposed to be a bunch of duds. Three guys who aren't even supposed to play, non-starters. One guy's never started a game for the Bengals. And you know what they did? They were flawless. Kevin, this is going to be good for the Chiefs. What are you running into with the Bengals? You're running into a team that is scary. Because Joe Burrow and the offense and all those things are true. But what's scary about the Bengals is they have a great defensive coordinator. The most underrated coach in all of the NFL is the Bengals' defensive coordinator. Uh, He's got a defense that is smart and matches up with the Chiefs very, very well. They adapt during the game. They change things. They come and blitz, make plays. They are just a good matchup for the Chiefs. They're confident. They believe in itself, and they got a big-time quarterback coming in. And, oh, by the way, the Bengals have been on the road. You know that there's 17 games in the NFL now. And every year, the AFC or the NFC switches off who has nine home games and who has eight. This year, the AFC had only eight home games, nine road games. Okay, that's fine. Opposite of last year. But do you realize, Kevin, that Cincinnati got ripped off for one game? They didn't get to play one game officially. It got stopped. It was the home game. They played only seven home games. That's amazing. And nine road games. They are road warriors. This is not going to be anything big for them. They're going to be fine. This is a big-time game. But. Here's the question. Here's the thing to watch out for, Chiefs fans. Have conservatism. Don't be cocky. That's the best way to get ready to go win a championship. I feel so good about everyone talking about Bengals. Everyone nervous. Arrowhead with energy. I do too. I like respecting that. Respecting the opponent. That helps the Chiefs. His ankle being injury, injured helps, helps, helps the Chiefs get ready. This distraction is perfect. Here we go. But here's the thing. If Cincinnati plays all four quarters to their best ability, like they did against Buffalo, the Bengals will win. The Bengals are better than the Chiefs when they play their best. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. If each team, if each team presented their best 50 plays of the year, the Bengals can go to a higher level than the Chiefs, in my opinion. Okay? But the Bengals rarely play a full game with that level. Okay? They did against the Bills but they didn't against the Ravens. They should have lost against the Ravens, they Kevin. Yeah, don't, that would have been nice. Everyone is only remembering the last game. Please go watch the Ravens game. Go, right. go on YouTube or wherever. Watch, watch the it. Ravens game and tell me, hey, the Bengals aren't elite and just – it isn't easy for them. It isn't they – do, they rarely play four quarters to that level, Kevin. If they well, do, they'll beat I, the Chiefs. You're right. I, I think, I think we're, what we're saying here is whoever plays best wins. And I, I, we touched on this. This is the four best teams left. Whoever shows up and plays two really good games is going to be Super Bowl champion. And when I look at the NFC, I think the 49ers do have the the smallest chance of winning the Super Bowl of the four teams. I just think it's going to be really hard to go to Philly and win. They looked great over the weekend. But again, you can't just take the game against the Giants and look at it that way because what the Niners will do defensively with the Eagles makes me believe that their formula is a little bit like what we saw last night. That final was 19-12 to against Dallas. Isn't that where the Niners want to keep this game? I mean, the Niners are not going to win this game 37-34, are they? Don't they want to keep this in the teens and low 20s for their chance to beat Philly? I think so. I I like the Niners, excluding the quarterback, I like the Niners team the best of the four. But wait a second. Do we ever exclude the quarterback? No, we put the quarterback in with 10 times the weight of every other player. So I still am worried that Brock Purdy, I'm not trying to cut down Brock Purdy because this is a great story. I mean, for Big 12 fans, for 
K-State fans, KU fans, to see the quarterback from Iowa State prove that he's good at Iowa State and then move on and say that's NFL level, that's pretty darn cool. That changes how we watch Jalen Daniels and Will Howard next year. And you see a good Big 12 quarterback and you go, hey, that might be an NFL guy. You know, Patrick Mahomes was just a good Big 12 quarterback and he's the lead of the Big 12. So this does create a great situation for us. But really, I'm still concerned that he might have a couple of dud plays. Uh, uh, you know, just the odds play out. He's playing so perfectly that he may not do that, and the Eagles are so good. So I do give the Eagles the advantage. Uh, but if Brock Purdy can avoid mistakes and play, and like you say, keep it a little bit more low scoring, I think the DNA in the 49ers, the talent level of 49ers, the play design, the great defense, they do it as a team, excluding the quarterback, the coaching, and everything else. I think the Niners are a hard, hard out. I thought they were in 2019. I thought they were in 21, and I still think they are. That given, I think Jalen Hurts is an underrated killer as well. He just is going to be the best he can be. He doesn't care if he's Joe Burrow, doesn't care if he has a cigar, doesn't care if he talks trash. But that guy, Kevin, from Alabama to Oklahoma to the NFL, that lets nothing affect him and comes out and plays, runs, throws, and now his accuracy has kicked it on up. So he may have passed Josh Allen in the quarterback rating system if he wins this week. I got Philadelphia being the regular season best and therefore being the championship game best, but I respect the heck out of the Niners. If Purdy can just play perfectly, they are really good. They're a Super Bowl-level team. They really are. All right, final question. Um, Everybody, again, I've talked to probably close to a dozen people since the end of yesterday's game, and they're all Chiefs fans, right, Kansas City guys. Every single one of them has said Bengals, Eagles in the Super Bowl. Who do you have winning this week? Who do you have in the Super Bowl? <laughs> I, I I said last week I'm going to play Buffalo, 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 not Cincinnati. So here I am in that weird situation again, being a guy saying watch out for Cincinnati all year long, even when they started 0-2. No one has said watch out for Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is the baddest dude in the world. All those things. But I think Kansas City's the better team. And I think Cincinnati will uh, – it's hard being the favorite. Cincinnati is mentally the favorite. Uh, the distraction of the ankle, I think, helps the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are going to win against the Bengals. Uh, again, if the Bengals play their best game, Chiefs will not match it. Just listen closely. If the, Beng- the Bengals have first choice to win this game. So I agree with your friends there that they can take it to a level that just can't, but they rarely do a whole game. So i got Kansas City winning. And I got uh, Philadelphia winning. So I'm going to take Kelsey Kansas Bowl. City versus Philadelphia. That's a Kelsey Bowl. That's what Jessica wants in the worst possible way. She wants to see the Kelsey brothers in the Super Bowl. It would be a great, great story. Stan, you're awesome, as always. And uh, next week on Monday for the Football Feast, I will not be on. Spencer is going to be hooked up with you because I have the privilege on Championship Sunday of playing Pebble Beach Golf Course and then watching the Chiefs-Bengals after our golf round is over. So we're going to have quite a day on Sunday, and I'll be traveling back on Monday. But I I rest assured that you and Spence will handle this thing on Monday, my friend. Well, it's always great to talk to Spencer. It's always great to talk to you, Kevin. And, uh, it's just, you know, you talked about two things that kind of punched me in the gut, okay? Three things, really. One, you're making me defend the things that I've been a <laughs> fan of, right? Which is which is crazy, which makes you very, very good. And, and it kind of reaches my limit, right? People say, he talks about Cincinnati too much. Does he ever think about anything logically? And then I'm, you know, you stop me. So that's good. You find my, my area. You know, number two, you punch me right in the gut. And you say, there's only three NFL games left. Dan, remember, there's only three <laughs> NFL games left. Okay, way to start off Monday. And then lastly, we're going, we're having a great conversation. There's like 100 things we can talk about. And you go, hey, last question. What? Last question. We're done? We're done. Bye-bye, everybody. Have a great week. I've used up my time on KK Has Issues. (laughs) Stan, you're the best, buddy. Thank you so much. Okay, take care. All right, take care. He is Stan Weber, and he really – I'm not kidding you. It really bothers him that there's only three football games left. I'm serious. Now, they're going to be great games, and they're the best teams, but it absolutely drives him absolutely crazy. All right, we're going to do some basketball and some politics here coming up on KK Has Issues. We are brought to you by bstock.net. My friend Chris sent me an email, said they've got an unbelievable deal right now. This is the this is the laptop deal of all time at B-Stock. A Dell laptop with Windows 10 Pro installed, just $299.
He says the software installed alone is worth $200 everywhere else. That's like getting the laptop for 99 bucks. A Dell laptop, Windows 10 Pro installed, just $299 at bstock.net or walk right in at 14680 South Flaming Road in Olathe to get that phenomenal deal. Back nine development. If you're looking to build a home or would like to have an idea for some property that you have, maybe some land, you'd like to develop it, build something on it, condominium complexes, commercial properties, Back Nine Development is there for you. They are so good at what they do. If you want to see all their great projects, log on to their site, backninedevelopment.com. TJ Vilkanskis can do it all anywhere in Kansas City, Lawrence, Topeka, Manhattan. Tremendous work that he does. Backninedevelopment.com. Cross Kitchens KC for all things remodeling, whether it's just countertops and new flooring, or if you want to bust out a wall and redo the whole thing. They do really big jobs or one small bathroom that needs to be recountered and whatnot. CrossKitchensKC.com, now offering free countertops on qualifying contracts through the end of January. You want to get on the books. You don't have to do the project by the end of January. Get on the books. Agree to, do a, agree to a remodeling project this year by January 31st, and your countertops are free at CrossKitchensKC.com. And Advantage Termite and Pest Control, online at AdvantageTPC.com. All these great advertisers are in one place at the KK List. If you want to go to the KKList.com, you can see them all in one place. So when you hear about them on the podcast, you're not really sure. They're all lined up in a neat little row with links that you just click and it goes right to them. Right now is the time to bundle for a discount with Advantage Termite and Pest Control. You can get lawn care. Mosquito, wildlife, termite, pest control, all bundled for one low price. With Advantage Termite and Pest Control, just call them at 768-8989. Anywhere in the metro area of Kansas City, online at AdvantageTPC.com. All right, college basketball, we recapped the weekend on yesterday's podcast. So if you want to hear some of that from the Sunday podcast, we've got all that for you. But this, this game on Monday night, I, I feel like, Kansas never has really important regular season games, but this one feels really important. Not just because they lost two in a row, but really the way they've played. They've become a little bit of a one-trick pony, which Kansas teams have never, ever been under Bill Self. Like Jalen Wilson is just having a, a fantastic season. It's going to be Big 12 Player of the Year. I don't think there's any question about it. He poured in 30 more points on Saturday, but that was half of Kansas points. And they lost by 23. Kansas can't be that team. I think what teams are saying now is we're going to guard the living daylights out of Grady Dick and not give him any open looks because we know he's an assassin when he's open. He struggled from three again on Saturday, but he didn't have the best looks. It wasn't just poor shooting. Now, he may be in a little shooting funk. He is a freshman. He is a maybe a top 10 NBA pick, and a great. he's going to be a great, great basketball player. But if teams are saying we'll give Wilson his points here, we'll allow that, but we're going to shut everybody else down, that can become a very frustrating concept for the Kansas Jayhawks if the other guys aren't contributing. It looks to me like the last few games, that's what teams have done. Let Jalen have his points, because we really can't stop him anyway. But let's put our better defenders, let's put somebody really good on Grady Dick and make sure this guy does not have a big game. Again, I think Kansas is at its best this year in the games that I've watched them where they've pulled away from good opponents. When they've played really well, it always involved Grady Dick making two or three three-pointers in a very short stretch. It's exactly what Baylor did Saturday against Oklahoma to win their game. That's what they did. Jalen Bridges made three big three-pointers in about a two-minute period. Baylor's not beating the living daylights out of people. They started 0-3. They're shooting to win their fifth in a row in the Big 12 by beating Kansas on Monday night, but they are not dominant. This is not a classic dominant Baylor team. Baylor is 3-3 three and three in the last six meetings against Kansas, but only 8-35 and 35 all time. So clearly with their national title and what they've become with their program, Baylor is better. And they've been one step below, um, almost Kansas equal. Well, they have been 3-3 three and three in their last six. They've been their equal in the last six meetings. So this looks, di this looks a little bit like, well, it looks worse than the Chiefs on Sunday, but it looks dire for Kansas. They're not playing well. They just got pounded. Their defense wasn't very good. But I think this is really important for everyone to absorb before this game is played Monday night. TCU can be an absolute nightmare matchup for teams. 
They were a nightmare for Kansas State and drilled K-State. They were a nightmare matchup for Kansas and drilled them. Their size is just something that is really hard to deal with. They score too much down low. They get easy looks. When they're good, they're good. What you cannot explain about TCU is how they go to West Virginia and lose by 15. You just can't explain that sort of thing. I can't explain it. All I know is coming into this season, they said if anybody's going to challenge Kansas, people thought Baylor, but very quickly didn't. You know, I think some polls maybe had Baylor first or second or whatever, but Baylor's good. They're just not a typically great Baylor team. Most people were getting on the TCU bandwagon saying, look at all these veteran players. Their, their top six players are all back from last year, all starting five and their sixth man. And they were good last year and went to the tournament and won a game. And they're a matchup problem and they're really good, but they are wildly inconsistent. Don't think we want to read too much into Kansas getting bombed. That's going to happen to everybody at some point in the season. There's enough parity right now in college basketball, and certainly in this conference, that that's going to happen. When you don't show up, you don't play well, and Bill Self was really mad with his defense. That's what he's really angry with. Because remember, the defense is what leads to the easy baskets for Kansas. and They just didn't get any on Saturday. This is a big game for KU. This is a, I'm going to tell you right now, if Kansas wins this game tonight, they're winning the Big 12. They're going to win the Big 12. It will be a turnaround statement game, and there have been plenty of seasons where we've watched a Bill Self team somewhere early in the season or midseason in the Big 12 lose a couple games in a row, and we all go, oh, boy, Kansas isn't Kansas. And then you look up at the end of the year, and they've not only won the Big 12, they're the one seed in the Big 12 tournament, and they're a one seed in the NCAA tournament. It is all just sitting there for Kansas. they got to go close the deal. What looks different to me about this Kansas team from the other Kansas teams is They don't have their trademark big man defender at the basket. They just don't have that, okay? And offensively, they've become a one-trick pony, and that is completely unlike Bill Self teams. If teams have figured out we can stop the other guys, we'll give Jalen Wilson his 25 points, I think teams will do that. Grady Dick is absolutely the key to this team going forward. The games that he plays well and scores, Kansas is going to win. If he makes four three-pointers tonight, KU's going to win this game. Mark my words. They just got to find some help here. And again, some of these three-pointers can be on breaks off of, off of turnovers. You know, defensive stop, a turnover, a fast break, or a quick rebound, and an outlet pass and pop, and there he is, and he's open, and he hits it. This is how Kansas does it. This is a pivotal game tonight for Kansas and for Baylor. A very interesting situation. Baylor started 0-3 in the league, and this is, They're going to try to win five in a row by beating Kansas tonight. We shall see. And folks, there's stories everywhere. I I don't know how much you read online or how much you consume or the places that you go, uh, but there's just stuff everywhere about Joe Biden not running for president. The left is ganging up on him now. They're using the classified documents, which they probably planted the story with CBS to get the ball rolling. And they're saying he can't run. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think Joe Biden's running. I think he's going to say, I'm not running. A little bit like Lyndon Johnson in the 60s. You know, in light of this and that, I'm not going to run for re-election. You know, he just can't. That leaves to me Gavin Newsom. Michelle Obama has repeatedly been the top hate America person in America. Like, she hates America. Until her husband was president, she hated America. Then she's like, okay, I like it for eight years. Now I hate America again. And she has said, I will not run. She didn't particularly like being the first lady. She didn't like the life of living in the White House and how all-consuming it was. But you got to be kidding me. At some point, ego comes into play. This is a cakewalk for her. And I'm going to tell you right now, if Michelle Obama runs, she's your next president. There ain't no beating her. You will not beat her. You have no chance of beating Michelle Obama. Zero. Unless she does something unspeakably stupid on the campaign trail, or has some sort of a scandal, there is no chance. If it's a clean campaign, you're not beating Michelle Obama. Scares the hell out of me because she'll be there eight years. Scares me to death. This could be the socialist takeover of the United States. If she runs and is there for eight years, we're probably done. I saw a great quote this weekend, and I'm paraphrasing. It said, you vote your way into socialism, but you can only fight your way out. And that's exactly right. We've seen it in Venezuela. We see it in a lot of countries. Once the socialists take over, you cannot beat them in elections. You need guns. You need an army. You have to fight your way out. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And Michelle Obama scares me for America, frightens me. 
Gavin Newsom, we'll take our chances. He's a buffoon. He's blown up California. I think DeSantis would look good up against Newsom. Uh, Ron DeSantis, if you missed it, was at Arrowhead Stadium on Saturday, and the fans were all shaking his hand. And one guy said, you're the best governor. Run for president. This guy's hollering at him, and he's high-fiving people. It was really cool. But it's on now. I mean, it's almost like the presidential election is on. It did not take long after the midterms and the new Congress, the new House of Representatives to come in for this to heat up. They are all over Biden. God bless Biden. Please run. Please run and turn this thing into a buckle. Please, somewhere, summons the power to run again and, and crush or keep Gavin Newsom and Michelle Obama from running. Please, because we're in a big danger zone now. A big danger zone as they're all starting to talk about Michelle O. And she scares me to death. This is left-wing media outlets. This is not people on the right. These are the libs in the media, and they're all over Biden saying, you can't run, and we're ready for Gavin Newsom and Michelle Obama to primary each other and see what happens. That'll be a beatdown. Michelle would kill him. I don't even think she has to be good, folks. Don't get me wrong. I don't think she'd be a great campaigner or a speaker or any of that stuff. I don't. I don't. I think she would win for the same reason, many of the same reasons her husband won, that Hillary could never capture. Hillary wasn't even remotely likable, was never popular. As the first lady, she wasn't popular because she didn't. She talks tough on all these other things but never stood up to her husband for his philandering, okay? Michelle Obama's always been popular. And there is little doubt in my mind that America said in 2008, well, I'm going to go, I, I can't count, I've lost track of the number of people that voted for Obama the first time that said they felt good about doing it. I want to vote for the black guy. Well, now how many boxes are you checking here? Like, uh, I mean, everything. First female president, black president. You feel really good about yourself. If you go vote for Michelle Obama, see, I'm a good person. I voted for Michelle Obama. It's dangerous. This is dangerous, dangerous stuff. We'll do much more of that as the week uh, continues. And as the news breaks and we find out more about more classified documents that they're finding on Biden, it's just ridiculous stuff going on. But uh, it's crazy. It should be a wild week. We've got a wild sports week and probably a wild news and politics week. We're always glad that you show up and join us right here at Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Thanks for listening to Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC. To get exclusive patrons-only podcasts, receive a weekly newsletter, and attend in-person patrons-only parties, visit kkhasissues.com and become a patron today. This has been a production of Crooked Tail Media Incorporated. (laughs) 